Got two verses out of Revelations, and we're going to go uh, to Corinthians. Uh, Revelations 19, verse, uh, verse 7. It says, Let us be glad, or let us be happy, and rejoice, and give Him glory. How many of you guys this morning can give Him glory? How many of you guys got a praise left in your lungs? You got a praise left in your lips? They said, we don't want you projecting a loud voice, or we don't want you singing in public, and you know, we want church choirs and congregations to be silent, but how many of you guys this morning can say, hallelujah, hallelujah. for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. He says in verse 6, let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. Notice that. His wife has made herself ready. Next verse in Revelations chapter, what is it, 16? It says, Behold, I am coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. When I was typing up this verse, these messages, that the word garment in the Bible is used several hundred times throughout the whole Bible. And in the end, the Bible says that the bride of Christ will be dressed. Actually, let me finish reading the, the, the verse in Revelations 19, verse 8. It says, And to her it was granted... Notice the word, to be arrayed. In other words, to be dressed, to be fitted in fine linen, clean and bright. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. You know, that in the book of Revelation, now I know we don't teach a whole lot of out, of out of the book or eschatology. Pastor Mike has done prophecy teachings in the past. And sometimes, you know, we don't feel adequate enough or knowledgeable enough. But if you read the book of Revelation with open eyes and an open heart, God will give you understanding. And we know that there's a lot of symbols and, 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 and prophecies and literature in there, historical, prophetical. But there's four women. And I was studying these four women. As Pastor Mike had mentioned, we wanted to talk for Mother's Day. He wanted to emphasize on, 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 on the woman, the virtuous woman out of Proverbs 31. And um, as I was reading the proverb, I, I began to look at different women in the Bible, and it never dawned on me to go to the book of Revelation. And so when I went to the book of Revelation, I found that there was four women in the Bible, in the book of Revelation. The first one is Jezebel. You can write them down. They have them here. Uh, Jezebel is a prominent woman in the book of Revelation. As a matter of fact, if you know her history, you know that she was a woman that confronted the prophet Elijah and threatened him, caused him to be discouraged, and caused him to be defeated, caused him to fear, caused him to flee. He almost forsook his calling, and he even contemplated suicide. There's a Jezebel spirit in our society today. If you look at her traits, they're functioning Today, they have this 
adulterous lust for power. The Bible says that she lusts for the blood of the saints. The Bible says that she's, that she's drunk with the blood of the saints. She's intoxicated with that power. Growing up in the church, whenever we would hear sermons on Jezebel, it was always, you know, the pastor casting stones at, you know, some, at, at somebody or maybe calling out, you know, a Jezebel spirit and, you know, a leader or something or control, manipulation. But, but there sincerely is a, a spirit of Jezebel. There is a woman that is operating in our world today. And if you look with earnest eyes and open eyes, you will see her activity. The Bible says that Jezebel, Revelation chapter 2, she has children. And God says, I will kill her children and put her in a sick bed. Not, I don't have time to read it now, but we will eventually. And then there's the scarlet woman uh, or the great harlot. There's a woman that's dressed in scarlet. She's a great harlot. They call her Babylon. Uh, scholars have debated who she is. Is she, you know, a religious institution or religion, false religion? Is she, some have even said that's America. Some have said that's the Middle Eastern states. You know, it, it could be different people. It could be, you know, something different. But we see there that the most important thing is that scarlet woman, and she's into trade. It has to deal with eco economies. And then there's the persecuted woman. The persecuted woman, just giving you an overview of this, the persecuted woman is Israel, really, because the Bible says that she gave birth to a son or a child. And the Bible says that the dragon persecuted the woman and she went out into the desert and fleed at where she was hid for several months. And the Bible talks about her offspring and that is the church. But the one that struck me was the bride of Christ. And I know you're a man and we don't believe in gender neutrality, all that stuff. But how many of you guys know, men, that God has called you his bride? God calls you his bride. And so the Bible says, let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. You know, as, as the bride of Christ... There's four prominent women in today's society. They're in the book of Revelation. God mentions them for a reason. But he says, let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come. Now there will be a marriage supper of the Lamb in the last hour. The Bible says that when he gathers all his saints together, we will be united and we will participate in the marriage supper of the Lamb. But only those who keep themselves and keep their garments on and make themselves ready will partake in the marriage supper of the Lamb. The persecuted woman is the church or uh, the Israel who's persecuted. The Bible says in Revelations 12 that she has an offspring that says that they keep his commandments and they hear the testimony of Christ. The, the woman uh, 
on the beast, but the scarlet woman, and we'll read some of the verses, or you could go and read it, but the Bible says that the scarlet woman is also dressed, and she's also attired, and the Bible gives specific, uh, um, gives us a specific description of her attire. The Bible says she's dressed with scarlet, arrayed in purple scarlet. It could be called the, the counterfeit church. The Bible says that this, this harlot or this woman is carried by the beast. She gets power and her, and her, and her authority comes by the, by the lifting of the beast. The, the beast lifts her up and gives her power and she flaunts herself and she's arrayed in this multicolored garment. In other words, she's, she's, very, attract, attra she's very attractful to, to behold. She's got a lot of influence and a lot of power. And as I was reading this, I thought, I wonder if we as a church have put on our garments of righteousness, fine linen and clean and white. He says, fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. How many of you guys know that our own righteousness and our own is not enough? In Revelation chapter 19, the Bible says that the bride of Christ will be beautiful. She will be arrayed. How many of you guys have ever been to a wedding? You never remember the groom. You never remember the parents. You never remember even the bride. Sometimes the most memorable thing that you remember is, oh my God, did you see that dress? How many of you women have your dress at home that you got married in and you still have that dress and you could describe every detail of that dress? When you bought it, it was beautiful and it said something about your character. It said something about your, your, your worth or your value. Maybe even said something about your, you know, uh, your, uh, your, your body type, right? How many of you guys have ever watched that dress show? And you have all these women, and all of them got different types. They got different styles. They got different tastes. And, you know, the mother-in-law will go in with the daughter-in-law to be, and the daughter-in-law will come out in this dress, and the mother-in-law will go like that and be like, that's a wedding dress? But the wedding, the wedding dress of the lamb is fine linen. It's garment that is made white. The Bible says, notice that it says, to her it was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen. Her garment is fine linen. It is, it is set aside. It is a costly linen. It's not rough. It's fine linen. It's white. It's bright. And as I was looking at the different types of garments that each one of these women War. Jezebel's garment was, you know, she was scandalous. She was ruthless. She, she had hatred and envy in her heart, and that was her garment. The, the woman in the scarlet, uh, the Bible says she was, she was a, a seducer. She was dressed in filthiness and fornication are her coverings. It was uh, corruption and unchaste. The Bible says that Jezebel was married to Ahab, but she had a lust for his power and his authority. And she told Elijah, I'm coming after you. 
The Bible says that Elijah had just had a great victory on Mount Carmel, if you remember the story. And the Bible says after this great victory, he was sitting there and, and he got the telegram or he got the email. Uh, he Maybe he read her social status and she said, I'm coming after him. And the Bible says when he heard that message, he fled. He cowered in fear. As I did a search throughout the Bible, I found several different garments the Bible says, behold, keep your garments. I am coming as a thief. And Jeremiah, the Bible says that the, the prophet Jehoiakim, when he was arrested and he was in prison, the Bible says that they put him in the, in the dungeon in Babylon. They put him in chains and shackles, and he was in deep darkness. And then the Bible says that when Jehoiakim came out of prison, he took off his prison clothes, and he began to sit with the king in the palace. And the Bible says, and the king shared with him his food. It was customary in those times that everybody that sat in the presence of royalty dressed in royalty. You couldn't show up. The Bible says that when Joseph got out of prison, that he shaved his head, took off his prison clothes, and then he went and stood before Pharaoh. He got dressed for the occasion. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 5, it says, You have a few names. Notice it says, You have a few names who have not defiled their garments. When I thought about that, that priestly blessing, the Bible says, you shall bless me in my name. Thus you shall put their name on them, my name on them. This is how you bless your children, by putting my name on them. In Revelations, he says, you have a few names who have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white for they are worthy. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will blot, not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. Notice that the Son is standing at the right hand of the Father when the church is presented to Christ or to the Father. The Bible says that the Son will acknowledge the bride by name in her attire, saying, This is your bride. It's kind of like the father giving away the bride to the groom. You know, the, the blind beggars in the time of Israel wore a garment. You may remember uh, uh, Bartimaeus, blind Bartimaeus got a blessing for crying out loud. He was blind, he couldn't see nothing, but he heard that Jesus was walking by, and the Bible says that he began to yell, Son of David, have mercy on me. And the Bible says that people around him told him, Shut up, be quiet, don't bother the master. And the Bible says all the more he yelled, Son of David, have mercy on me. He was crying out for a miracle. And the Bible says that when they told told him the master is calling you the bible says he threw off his garment mark chapter 10 verse 50 he threw off his garment and he went to jesus and jesus said what can i do for you he said that i could see and jesus healed him and he said be well you know that garment that zach that that bartimaeus wore was a legitimate was a legitimate garment issued by the romans or that government at that time. It was a garment, it was a beggar's garment. Uh, I guess if you, you saw him out there begging alms, and he had a garment, he was dressed in a garment. 
I don't know if it had a number or if it had a, if it was a certain type of a cloth, but it was basically a beggar's cloth and he would wear it, he would put it on and that cloth legitimized him that he was an actual beggar. He was certified. He was, I guess you could say, um, uh, distinguished as a beggar. He cast off his garment. He put it away. Then there's the, the wedding garment. It's found in Matthew 22. The Bible says that there is the kingdom of heaven. It gives a parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a king that is given a banquet for his son. And the Bible says that the father was so blessed that the son was going to get married. By the way, that is the church. The father is sending out invitations. He sent out invitations to the Jews first. And the Bible says in Matthew 22, he says... Uh, but when the king came in, uh, that the king's banquet, uh, everyone had been invited, and those that had been invited refused to come. So the king was furious. He says, those that have come, forget them. Take them off the list and go out into the highways and the byways. Go out into the street corners and get everyone and bring them in. But when the Bible says that when, when the, as, the, as the banquet hall was taking place, as the festivities were taking place, that the king walked in, and when he came in to view the guest, he looked intently at a man there who had no wedding garment, and he said, friend, how did you come in here without putting on your appropriate wedding garment? And notice, and the guest was speechless. He didn't know what to say. Because he didn't get fit, he didn't get fitted. He wasn't dressed for the occasion. He wasn't dressed for the occasion. As Pastor Mike was praying for over us, some of us are wearing a garment of, 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 of pain. What garment are you wearing today? Some of us have garments and, and maybe we put on things and we think, man, I really look good in this. And maybe some days you don't look so good and you don't look so fine. Maybe you don't look so good. But how many of you guys know that there's a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness? In Isaiah 61, he says, The spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach good news. And verse 3, he says, To give them a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. There are people who are heavy this morning, and if you don't put on the garment of praise for your heaviness, you will leave here with the same heaviness. If you don't put on a garment of praise instead of your pain, you will carry out your pain with you this morning. Could you imagine if we came into church and they said, you have to have silent church you can't praise. You can't worship. You see, the very thing that gives us victory, the very thing that is our key to winning battles is our worship and praise. And the enemy wants to put a spirit of heaviness on you, and you got to carry that garment. As a matter of fact, they even said, you can't come into the stores unless you got that little garment. And, you, you know, you don't say nothing about it. You're just obedient, subservient sheep. You say, i got to put on my mask because the government said, so she said so the governor said so everybody's got to wear a mask and we got to practice social distancing we can't shake hands we can't lay hands on people don't pass around the baskets the government said 
So there was, there was blind Bartimaeus with his, his official beggar's garment wearing it. But when Jesus walked by, the Bible says he took it off and he went to Jesus and Jesus healed him. If you continue reading Isaiah 62, verse 5, we didn't put all those verses on the screens. But he says, and the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. In Jeremiah, I think it was in chapter 3, it says, can a wife forget her wedding dress? No, she can't. Can a wife forget her wedding dress? No, she won't. But the Lord says, but my church or my people have forgotten me days without end. Do we have a garment of forgetfulness? Do you remember your wedding dress? Do you remember when you asked God to give him that garment, to put that garment on you? The Bible says that we are clothed with Christ. Christ is our garment. The Bible says those of you who have been baptized have put on Christ. A wife may never ever forget her wedding dress or a husband his wedding gown. But oh, how often do they forget their wedding vows? Their wedding vows. You know, last week, I almost believed that Ravi Zacharias had died, but he didn't die until a few, few days later. There was just reports coming out. But he had just celebrated, I think, his 48th wedding anniversary. And he was at home. They had sent him home and basically said, there's no further treatment we could do for your cancer. And their last picture was him thanking his wife for loving him and being faithful to her vows through sickness and health. And I thought, I wonder if we put off our garments when things are going right for us. God, you didn't answer my prayer the way I expected you to answer. God, I've, you've put me on delay too long, or, you know, I lost my job, so I can't be happy. My relationships are falling apart. You don't know what I deal with, and so you put off your garments. And the Bible says that the bride will stand before the, before the Father, and he says, blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments. Blessed is he who watches and keep his garments. I got to keep my own garment. I got to keep my own life pure. I got to keep my own life right. And I tell you, in today's world, it's hard to keep your life right. You think you have temptation and you have problems and you have trials. You know, just because we're leaders doesn't exempt us from trials and tribulations and pain and heartache. And if we deal with the loss of children and the loss of loved ones and the, you know, I mean, your child being threatened at night with the gun. I just imagine what the rest of the church is dealing with. So this morning, the title of my message, yeah, the world, there's Jezebel out there. She's, she's out there hunting and she's preening and she's looking for you. She's trying to seduce you with all her drunkenness and idol worship. Maybe Jezebel's running after you and discouraging you, causing you to fear, well, what if I don't get my job back? Or what if they don't open up? What if I lose my business? What if I stand for God and I'm the only one that says anything and I'll be persecuted? You know, Jezebel will show up in the middle of the night. I, ne I never have a, you know, one of those cougars show up and just say, hey, you never have a lady just come up to you and say, look, I'm available to you. 
You know how they'd show up? They, they might text you or message you and say, you know, Pastor, the young ones too. I've been having a really hard time reading my Bible and don't know where to start. Can you, can you help me? Can you pray for me? Can I get your number? I saw, I had one of those just not too long ago, just a few weeks ago, a young college girl. She's reaching out to me to minister to her. And I said, here's my wife's number. You can call her. She never called my wife. She, she wasn't after a counselor. She wasn't after a counselor. Run from those two-legged cougars. Jezebel, she'll show up, she'll discourage you, she'll cause you to fear. There's that scarlet woman that's rising up out of the sea. The Bible says that she's carried by the beast and she wants to derail the church. She wants to bring down men of God. That scarlet woman, the Bible says that she's full of arrogance and pride and adultery and seduction. And the Bible says that she's dressed in splendor. She's dressed in gold. And I mean, if you just read her attire, man, it's like, wow, she's glamorous. But then you have the bride of Christ who's making herself ready, who's purifying her life. This morning, my title of my message is, Will You Say Yes to the Dress? Will you say yes to the dress? My wife watches that show every once in a while. I told you about it. And sometimes you got these women and, 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 and they want the best looking dress because they know that they'll remember it when they put it on. You know, that's, that's their wedding dress. They're going to give themselves away in that wedding dress. And one day Christ is going to receive his body and he's going to look at your garments. He says, did you keep yourself pure? Did you keep yourself holy? Did you call to me when I called for, for repentance? Did you repent? Did you fall under trial and under temptation? Or have you put off your dress? Have you forgotten your dress? You know, in the book of Exodus, I think they have one that up there. They have that one. It's Exodus 28. Everything in the New Testament, the garment and the dress and the fine linen and the white garments that the bride was put on, all those garments were worn by the priest. The Bible says in Exodus 28, now take Aaron, your brother, and his sons with him from among the children of Israel, that he may minister to me as priest. Notice Aaron and Aaron's sons, and you shall make a holy garment for Aaron, your brother. And then look at that for beauty and for glory. Now, when you continue looking at the details of the fine garment, there was blue and scarlet and fine linen. But notice he says, for glory and for beauty. The garments that we put on are not for show, but it's, do we display the beauty of Christ? Pastor Mike opened up that song, and when we stand before him, some of us don't feel so good. You got the weight or the garment of heaviness, the garment of shame and pain, the garment of regrets, maybe the garment of sin, addictions. You got a garment of temptation. 
on you? And God says, is there anyone here that will put on my garments? Notice he says, put those garments on Aaron and his brother so that they may minister to me. Consecrate them in their garments that they may be priests unto me. In today's world, you can put on the garment of complaining and doubt and fear and anxiety. But this morning, I really believe that God wants to redress you. He wants to put on a garment of splendid on you. Maybe he wants to put that garment of that calling on you. That you would realize and say, Lord, I know I'm called to you. I'm consecrated to you. I'm set apart for you. You know how many times I have to remind myself a day is you're called. You're called and there's so many distractions and so many issues going on that the enemy tries to sidetrack you. You have to remember yourself is I got to remind myself I'm called and you got to stay called. So this morning, is there anyone that would say, you know, Lord, I want to put off that garment of heaviness. I want to put off that garment of fear and rejection. I want to put off blind Bartimaeus' garment, that, blunt, that garment of dependence. Some of us have a garment of dependence, and not that we're dependent on someone, but maybe our garment of praise is dependent on how things go for us. If things work out for us, Jeremiah said, can a bride forget her attire? Yet my people have forgotten me without number. Can a bride forget her attire? Have we forgotten that God has called us to righteousness? That God has called us to holiness. That God has called us to consecration. Talk to the young people. You know, sometimes we just go around and say, yeah, I go to church. Going to church is not enough. I tell you, I've been coming to church for over 20 years. And sometimes even being in church every week is not enough. In Isaiah 61, I didn't read one verse. He says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. And we, we know it to, to, you know, to preach good news to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. By the way, is where we get our civil rights. If you read the document, this is where we get it from, Isaiah 61, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Our founders wanted to come to a country where the spirit of the Lord would be free and there would be liberty. When you remove the spirit of the Lord, you remove liberty. Is there still any liberty in you? Is there a fight for liberty in you? You're free to, to do everything they ask and do everything they want, but you have a freedom 